All right, God bless everyone. It's Pastor Derek Fletcher with the Iyani Fletcher and Derek Fletcher. And we are, yes, and amen, you church. Sit back, enjoy the music while we get prepared and have a blessed day on today. All right, God bless. We are back. <clears throat> All right, can everyone see me on the video, on the monitor? Can everyone see the display? Yes. All right. So today we are going to talk about unity and generosity. All right. So this is dealing with the church coming together. And this is in the book of Acts, but also the fact that they gave and they were very generous with their giving. And so let's get started. So you got your Bluetooth activated, Yanni? Okay, Derek, I'm going to have you pray this morning. Father God, we thank you on today for giving us grace. Thank you for keeping us heart healthy and strong. Father God, thank you for keeping us safe. Amen. Lord, we thank you on today that we will learn some another day 
another word about what you've done in this world, Lord, from past now on to present. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so the title today is You Won't Believe This. All right, so we're going to talk about the early church. And we want you to understand the life of the early church and the believer, a basic understanding of what was going on. <clears throat> so the church was growing. And you had people that were rich. And then you had people that had need. And so keep that in mind. We want to share with you the lesser known unbelievable stories from the book of Acts that dealt with unity and generosity. And so not only that, we want to inspire you, the students, uh, to ward greater unity and generosity in your local church. And so we'll see context here where um, in the New Testament, referencing giving, and so we want to look at attitude, body of Christ, caring, community, fairness, fellowship, giving, offering, sacrifice, sharing. All right. Can everybody see that scripture? Acts 4 and 33. And so it says, with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful at work in them all. Again, this is Acts 4 and 33. It says, with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful at work in them all. Again, Acts 4 and 33 says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful, powerfully at work in them all. All right, so repeat after me. Acts 4 and 33. Acts 4 and 33. With great power. With great power. The apostles continued to testify. The apostles continued to testify. To the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. To the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace. And God's Grace was so powerful at work. Was so powerful, was so powerful at work. Was so powerfully at work. Was so powerfully at work. In them all. In them all. All right. That's great. All right. So we already prayed. All right. Let's take a look. And you can pause the screen here.
Uh, this is like the group activity, and we usually don't do the group activity as laid out. And so you're free to pause the screen. All right, let's go into the, let's look at the dig in, digging in. So Acts 3, 32 and 37. All right, so the believers share their possessions. All right, so we go. Okay, Derek, you read 33, I mean 32, 33 and 34, and then Yanni, you read 35, 36, and 37. Okay. All the believers, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. Oh, I need to uh, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection. Sorry, resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that all that there were no needy persons among them for for from time to time those who own lord own land or house sold them and brought the money from the sales. Okay, good. Yanni. And put it at the apostles' and it was distributed to anyone who had. Who had need? Joseph and David's mother. From Cyprus, a Levite from from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of ignorance, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at put it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so we see here, Joseph, also called Barnabas, sold some land that he owned, and he put it at the apostles' feet. Yes. Oh, he's a Levite, excuse me. <coughs> All right, so today we're going to begin a short series uh, referencing a few accounts from Acts 
and you may find it hard to believe. Okay, so, okay, let's reread verse 32 really quick. <laughs> Excuse me. It says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Okay, so what is the most surprising part about this verse and the believer's behavior <coughs> toward one another? What do you think, Yanni? I think it was No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own. Okay, so they had possessions, but they shared them, and they were willing to give for the cause of the church. Okay, so unity, sharing, and etc. Okay, so Derek. Yes. What do you think it means to be one heart and mind? To be of one heart and one mind. What do you think it means? I believe I had the meaning in my head. Um, I believe it means like to unite as one. Okay. All right. So to unite as one, it means to share the same mission, to share, yeah. share, to have all things in common, and to work together toward that end, right? So the believers were unified. Unity is important for the body of Christ because um, everyone has a position and a place of importance, Okay. So do you find it strange that that no one claimed any of their possessions as their own? Okay, that's a question for everyone. We'll start with Yanni. No. Because they were sharing with other people who needed it. Okay. What about you, Derek? Hmm. Even though, um, <clears throat> even though in the present day you leave something in an undisclosed, in somewhere in the wide open, someone's usually going to steal that and just take it for their own. But okay. apparently back then, um, no one just claimed his baggage. Or okay, 
Or and so that- this was a okay. So this is a case by case experience, and this really referenced the growth of the early church and how they felt. Yes. Okay. Which was different. It was very different. Very different. Because most of the people thought this is mine and no one else's. Okay, so I'm going to do this right here. We're going to actually copy this down so that we can look at it as we read. The other verses here. Okay. So here it says reread 33 through 35. All right. So 33 says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful, powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them for from time to time those who owned land or houses sold them bought the money to from the sales and put it at the apostles feet and it was distributed to everyone who had need okay so Yanni, what did God's grace among the people lead to according to verse 34? From time to time, those who owned land or houses brought the money from the sale. Okay. And put them at the apostles' feet. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that what? That there were no needy persons among them, right? So it provided so that there would not be any needy persons among them. Okay, Derek, when you think of God's grace, what do you typically think of? Christ. Okay, Christ. What else? Anything else come to mind? Hmm. No. Okay. So, um. Oh, wait. Christianhood. Okay. So, when you think of God's grace. Okay. So, God's grace deals with unmerited favor. I mean, I mean, that's a part of it to me when I see it, okay? And so here it says forgiveness, right? Ultimately, forgiveness and mercy. So it doesn't matter what we've done, even if we've lied or mean to our sister or brother, um, dishonest to our parents, God's grace is still there. And we are to go into him and to ask him, ask God for forgiveness first. Okay. 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 Right, it's kind of quiet. So, do you ever associate grace with generosity? 
as those verses do. Yanni, you want to answer that one? You know what generosity means? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I would say yes. Okay, you said yes. Okay. Okay. They said not usually, but we can we can associate it with it. Um how do folks express this generosity, Derek, what do they do? They, sorry, what'd you say? How they, do the people express their generosity? Usually they express their generosity with a gift. Um, giving? Yeah, giving. But there's something else. Um, uh... It was in my head. Um, um, I for I I I forgot. There, okay. there was in my head. It was um something about it, but I lost it. Okay. So what did they do? Derek? Well, they sold their own belongings? Yes, but and bought the possessions to the apostles. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. They, they... All right I'll, you take no. the next one, Derek. I'm sorry. Right. How were the proceeds disturbed? No, distributed. How I mean, are they passed so out? How are they allocated out? Sorry, it's, it's small. Can't okay. How was it given? What about those that had need? Right? The people that were in need, it was given to them, right? Yes. Right, they were distributed to those who needed. Need. Okay, Yanni, yeah. number six. How? How is this familiar? Similar. Similar to how people give now. How is it different? Well, it's different because not all people do that. 
Okay. And it's similar because some people still do it. Okay. What do you think, Derek? Well, I'm pretty sure it's similar, mostly because, um, mostly because um, how people give back to one another, um, back then people would automatically just like give back to one another because it was the right thing to do, and for for people in need. Nowadays. Okay. You can't really, really like trust anyone, mostly because some people will just fake having money. Okay. And well, sorry, not fake having money, fake not having any money, and they'll just take money, free money from anyone without, just yeah. Okay. But there are still today some good in the world for uh, giving to people like charity for children okay for the homeless and so today most people don't sell land and give all to the church no profit to the church some places they do but not all so it's an unusual occurrence Okay, let's take a look at this. Okay, so let's reread 36 through 37. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which names, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owed, owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Okay, Derek, who is listed as an example of great generosity? Um, Joseph. Okay. And Joseph, okay. So oh, what did he do? He gave Nine. back. What did he do? He, uh, he gave his, uh, he sold, Go, sold his land and brought the money and put it out in the apostles. Okay. So unity. Oh, what do you think Barnabas had to believe about the people of God to be willing to do this? So he had to trust him. He had to believe in the cause. Right? Right. So he had to trust the apostles and care deeply for his fellow believers. So unity and generosity are two things that the Bible discusses a lot. But we don't talk about them as much as in the contemporary church like these days. However, we are going to talk about both 
of these things now. So let's take a look. Let's talk about, okay. Okay, Yanni, read Psalm 133 and 1. Which is right there. Can you see that? Yes. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Okay. All right. Um, I'll read John 17, uh, 22 and 23. I. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they might be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Okay, Derek, Ephesians 4 and 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Okay, so these scriptures talk about the unity of the church and how beautiful it is. And then in John, Jesus talks about, and he's here uh, declaring to God, he says, he says, even as you and I are one, he says, and then I and them and you and me, right, so that they might be brought to complete unity, right? And so he's sharing a very intimate and close relationship he has with God, and this is Jesus talking, right? And he, he's pronouncing that on the fact of unity and oneness, right? And then he said, then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved them. And so there's a whole cycle of unity and trust. Take him in there. Take him. Close door. Yeah. Okay, so according to Psalms, being unified is what, Yanni? It's uh, how good and, and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Yeah. It's good and pleasant. 
in the sight of God. Maybe. Okay, good and pleasant. Okay, I Derek. She said, what is unity? And um, Okay, what is it then? It's people being united together. People being united together. Anything else? It's, no. People mm. working together. Mm -hmm. Okay, Derek, number two. Hold on. Uh, Question number two. Just read it. Okay, here, there we go. According to John, why does Jesus want to be want to be Want us to be unified. In want us to be unified. Apparently, uh, Jesus wants us to be unified because. Spreading us apart, as in different, um, I want to say spreading us apart mostly because. We talk about unity, right? Yeah, no, he does. I'm trying to say something, but I can't. Basically, okay. he, he wants us to be unified so that we can all serve for, you know, God, and if we can't do that together as a whole, then there won't be much of a chance for us all to be unified as one. Okay. okay. So that others, unity, right, is a powerful thing. Right. And other people, when people see that the church is unified, it's a greater impact. Just like families, when families are unified, that's a greater impact, right? Right. And so that others know that Jesus is God and that they are loved. Right, so unity. So what effort should we employ to keep unity according to that which is in Ephesians? Okay, Derek. Well, we should... Um... Okay. Um, whatever should we implement? Well, first, we have to I'm guessing without looking up at the scripture, not guess I know and I think. It's spreading the word. Okay. And yes, 
That's it. Okay. So we should take every effort. What yes. should we employ to keep unity? Every effort. And here it gives the example, the bond of peace, right? Right. So it makes it tough and challenging because in this day and time, when people aren't united or they don't agree, they can just, they'll just go open up a church or they'll leave where they're at and go find a church where they agree. Okay. Okay. So unity is a tough thing to find. And it is a tough thing to keep, especially in a world that is so personalized and individualistic, right? My, my, me, me, I, I, okay? So okay. this is super important. Do you think the church of today is completely unified, Iyani? What do you think? Mm, yes. Completely unified? Okay. Why do you say that? Because my, most huh? churches are unified together and they work together to solve problems and they live in unity. Okay. Derek, do you think our student ministry is unified? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so it's hard to think so in this day and time because of there's so many denominations. So there are some challenges reference, referencing that area. Okay. So why do you think we're unified? Share, Iyani. Because we work together in different situations. Okay, so we work together in different situations. All right. Does unity mean you agree on everything? What do you think about that? That's the question for both of you guys. Go first, Yanni, and then you go second, Derek. Do you... Does unity mean you agree on everything? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. What do you think, Derek? Mm, no. Okay. No, but it does mean that no disagreement will lead. Let's see. No disagreement will lead to what? Division, right? Remember when I shared with you guys before that when sometimes when people disagree, they leave, 
are they go build another church or a different church? Or they find a church that believe what they believe? Yes. Right? And so that's called division. So how do you think people can become unified? Or about understanding God's word? Or about yeah. studying together, praying together? Trusting? What do you guys think? Hmm. Well, trusting in each other can actually help is one key step into helping us unite together. Okay. And loving each one another. That's also another key step. Okay. Oh, but also... Something that we could uh, really use is um, is um, all around, like uh, all around, um, uh, um, I don't know how to say this. I'm sorry. What we could really use is like a uh, thing. Where um, it's not just the kids. I mean, it's not just the adults talking about it. It's like a full ministry, I, I want to say. But mostly talking about um, uh, how uh, the children are future and they can help unite us. Okay. All right. So Colossians. 3.14 says, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Okay, Colossians 3. And 14. Close the door. Close the door. And mute your line, please. Colossians 3 and 14 says, and over all those, all, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Right? It seems like the first century church was unified because they loved one another. If you look around and see a divided church, it's, it's easy to want to point the finger at other people. However, perhaps the best thing we can do is love each other. That is what bonds us together in love. It, lead, it led the early church to a life of much generosity. They gave, they gave because they loved the church, they loved the people, and they loved God. All right, let's take a look at this. All right, 
so we're almost there. Okay, I'll read Proverbs 11 and 25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Okay, Yanni, read 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly, sparingly also reap sparingly. sparingly. And who, whoever sows generously, generously. generously will also reap Generous. Okay, I'm um, Derek Reed, First Timothy six and eighteen. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous with and willing to share. Be generous and willing to share. So what happened to those who are generously, who are generous according to Proverbs 11. Thank you. Rewarded. Okay, they will what? Prosper, a generous person will prosper. Okay, do you think that uh, necessarily means financial prosperity? What do you think? You think that's the only thing, Iyani? Prosperity can be not just finance, but it could be good health. It could be a network of of resources and good relationships. It could be people that are generous towards you. Okay. So if it doesn't necessarily mean financial prosperity, then what is it that we reap as stated in Corinthians, second Corinthians nine and six? In second Corinthians six, it it Okay, so if you sow sparingly, you're gonna reap sparingly, right? Yeah. Okay. So if it doesn't necessarily mean okay. So the greater community people, uh, greater community people will be generous with you, spiritual blessings, knowing you did the right thing. Okay, so is First Timothy 6 and 18 a suggestion, Iyani?
Is it a suggestion? No, it's what we should do. And it's a what? It's a command. It's a command. So a command is something that you are supposed to do. It's not suggested. It's you you do it. So why didn't more people take this more seriously? Why do you think? Do you think people don't have faith in God and they don't believe it? Not only that, but they also do not believe in, in Jesus Christ. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. Also, also it's reverting back to that. Um, I'm, it's kind of reverting back to that old question saying why... Uh, why Jesus wants us to be united. Okay. Usually this is what I'm talking about right now. Okay, usually that's what you're talking about right now? No. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about, how people, how Jesus wants us to unite, but but these are like the people who uh, want to stand in his way while, while he wants us to unite. Non-believers like this. Mm-hmm. So people are selfish, right? Yeah. And they don't want to. So unity and generosity are key expressions of Christian community. It is easy to point the finger and complain about others not being generous or more unified, but it really starts with the individuals. Okay? It All really right. starts with your heart, your position, and where you are at. Okay? Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay, so what is one way that you can express greater unity with other Christians. Yanni? Uh, if united, uh, it is united and generosity are the key expressions of Christian community. Okay, to unite and to uh, be generous and to uh, show love. Okay, says join or start a prayer group at school. Do not participate in gossip, right? Get to know everyone not like you. Sacrifice for other people. Okay, so one of, one of the things that I did, um, I started a prayer group. Um, and then I started a second prayer group. And so we come together as believers. 
and show unity, and we pray. And it's been a great blessing. So I have two prayer groups. So that's an idea. You guys can start a prayer group with your friends. And so what is one way you can be a more generous person? Derek? By giving the by giving uh support to those who have perhaps um been going through a hard time. Okay, give support to those. Okay, anything else? I mean, those are good things, all good things. All right, so Yanni, what do you think? I think Derek is correct. Okay, Derek is correct. Okay, so if each of us does one thing, what is the result? What do you think the result's going to be? Okay. So if we've all done one thing, that means that the church is going to grow and the un unity of believers is going to show forth. Right? Right. Okay. So one more, uh, we devote ourselves to generosity and unity, right? The more the church grows. So the more we devote ourselves to generosity and unity, to, the more the church grows. The early church grew rapidly during this period, even in the face of persecution because they were un united in trials, but also because they cared deeply for one another in a active way or in an active way. That was the power of God working among them. The power of God can work among us too. Okay. All right. So, Yanni, can you pray, please? Yes. Okay. Lord, you for giving, dying for our sins. And Lord, we just want to let you know that we love you and we appreciate everything that you've done for us. And Lord, we want to let you know that we appreciate everything that you do for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. All right, all right. Father God, we thank you for the lesson. We thank everyone for tuning in. It's a great and excellent lesson about unity, generosity, about oneness in Christ Jesus. And so... Thank you, and tune in on next Saturday uh, for uh, next Sunday. And so we thank you. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Yes and Amen Youth, along with Derek 
and Iyani Fletcher. God bless you on today, and we thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Call me out.